I'm Cutter Calloway, and today we're breaking the marriage idol with Day Salah Thompson. Trust behind a sorry guidance, manipulated honey for Day is a singer, songwriter, and spoken word artist whose music you're listening to right now. Shake your feet while you sit and fit all your dreams. If you think about the Bible in general, you think about like, you know, think about the Psalms, think about Proverbs, think about those type of things. Even like um, just scripture in general, there's such a, a poetic aspect to all of it, which is why we can remember a lot of things, like which is why we can remember um, verses and things like that. There's something about music there's something about mm-hmm. writing there's something about rhythm that latches on to us in a way that makes us remember like if you think about songs that we hear on the radio like they get stuck in our heads not because necessarily the words but because there's some type of rhythm to it that gets inside of us that we can't forget so i just feel like teaching should be like that in general like if you mm. put something to a song you're gonna you're gonna learn it my mom used to do that with me and my brother like if you wanted to like remember mm. like like vocabulary words or like uh, things we need to know for like class. She like put it into like a song so that we can remember it. It's probably why I'm like slightly the way I am now, but um, probably, <laughs> but it's something about repetitiveness. It's something about flow and like rhythm that uh, kind of connect us huh. together. I mean, so I just feel like that makes sense. Like to be at the illusion, you have to have some type of creative capacity in that regard. Hmm to be able to get people to understand and know, and it becomes a part of them and not just something that's just like on the surface. On the you know, surface. I don't know if you would, I don't know if you'd be proud of me or ashamed of me, but uh, <laughs> I was asked to open up uh, chapel last week. I think it was last week. And uh, it was, mm-hmm. um, we did a, a thing where it was all popular music. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. it was also aimed towards people who had, like chronic ailments and um, sort of silent, invisible sufferings and things. Anyway, so I did a little spiel and ended it with, you know, why do we need the hymn book that's not church hymns, but it's this broader music that we encounter everywhere else. <laughs> and I said, because mm-hmm. we, you know, we need to be evangelized. We need to hear the gospel. And I was like, if we listen, it trains our ears and eyes in certain ways. And if we listen long enough, we'll even hear things pretty explicitly that are gospel oriented, like, Jesus walks, <laughs> and I. So Jesus. I, I, uh, I, I ended my talk, um, rapping a, a, a line from Kanye, and but it was from <laughs> it was from Jesus walks, and then after I did it, I was like, oh well, I personally always have been a fan of Kanye. Recently, not so much, but uh, <laughs> uh, his. Yeah, I mean Kanye. I mean, he still is yeah. a genius in some regards, but he just like lost yeah. it. Like oh. the the old Kanye is amazing. Yeah. Like his old stuff is amazing. Well, now, like yeah. You know. it, and what was what was interesting to me is like with that song, it I didn't I didn't have to like really practice it or anything. It just kind of came out right. It was to to be able to remember what it was that he was saying, and and I mean, it is kind of what you're getting out of this. There's something that inscribes itself in your body almost um, that mm-hmm. it's. It's not just like, ooh, I'm going into my brain and remembering these details. It's it's so a part of me that I just kind of flows out. And I guess that's why they call it you, you're, you're flowing.
Yeah, and 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 Kanye is like the sample like king. Mm-hmm. So like that song is already like was already a gospel mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. before. He, mm-hmm. So it's just like you know when things are rooted in something and you sample it, like of course, mm-hmm. like there's no, there, <laughs> you have no other choice but to like. That's a good point. So you think even so sampling is. Huh, that's fascinating because I've often said I'll hear something and I'll be like, oh, that's brilliant, but whether it's Kanye or somebody else. And then I realize, oh, wait, they didn't the, – the, the, like the core hook they didn't even come up with. Um, they're doing something with it. But that is probably part of why it is not just catchy, but it's sort of rooted in a longer yeah. history. So it's not necessarily uh, like being uh, – it's not like cheating. It's actually tapping into uh, something that's a part of us already. Most times when they sample, it's like 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 you said, it's something that hit them, you know, mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. So it's something that, like you said, was like already ingrained in them. They're like, oh my goodness, that I like that song. Mm-hmm. So now I'm about to make this like mine as well, so that it can become a part of other people the way that it, you know, was a part of me. So. Well, it makes me wonder. So you know, we maybe two years ago, three years ago, whenever we first got our little ragtag group of people together. To talk about this this idea of of what's up with marriage and the church, right? And what's up with all the pressure, and especially for people who are single, um, and vice versa, like people who then get married and all the pressure they feel, you know, now having been married. Um, and then various people are like, oh, we could write um, like stories about how this has this sort of norm, this pressure has impacted me, and. I remember we're all together and we all, you know, got together to, to meet, I think, I don't know, it was monthly, quarterly, mm-hmm. something like that to sort of chat through things and, and share and whatnot. And I, I thought it was an awesome time, but, um, I, I remember you, uh, doing your, uh, poem, your spoken word. And it's interesting because most everybody else wrote like a kind of a story, a first person story. Great. But you are like, not only because you're a spoken word artist, um, so that's part of it. Uh, but this is sort of how you chose to interact with this idea. Um, what what is it? If is it is it is it kind of what you're getting at here with sampling, with um, memory, with other things? Your your the way your mom raised you. But what is it about poetry in particular, and and not just written poetry, but spoken poetry in your mind that helps you kind of access these challenging topics in ways that other mediums don't? Yeah, definitely. So like with with. Um... But the whole charge you had us do, like, you know, I, I wrote, like, you know, like, my little entry, um, the, the other one that I sent you. But that felt, I mean, I felt more vulnerable, but not in necessarily a good way when I huh. wrote the um, wrote the other the other piece, like the, like, how everybody else is writing. Yeah. And then when I came about with the, the poem, it was more like, I felt vulnerable and, and more of a a good way that makes hmm. sense so like poetry for me is vulnerability because you allow people like to enter enter into this like room of the sorts like you're entering into my world like you're hearing my voice you're hearing um whatever emotion that i'm feeling at the time so like anybody can read something and, and kind of pick whatever they want from it hmm. you know mm-hmm. but when it when it when you hear the person that wrote it they're telling their story like you have no choice but to feel something you know what i'm saying yeah you can you can um you can separate yourself from reading something everybody reads like every day you are always reading something um but you're not necessarily always hearing another person 
tell their story mm-hmm. in, in some aspect, you know? Which mm-hmm. is why I love audiobooks because you get to hear more than just reading, you know? You get yeah. to hear their interpretation of it rather than your interpretation of what they're telling you. Hmm. Um, so for me, poetry is a way to break down a wall <clears throat> that has been there. Because with my story, I feel like and when it comes to like Christianity, like me being queer and talking about that, like it'd be different if they just opened up your book, read it. Yeah, they, they're going to read, you know, what I wrote. But if, you, if they have that extra bit of it and they hear me, they're able to connect with me, I feel like, in a better way rather than just saying like, oh, that's just a, a gay kid or whatever. But they can hear like what I'm going through. They can hear about my life. They can hear that I am a theologian, that I do study the Bible. And I know all these things that you could try to throw at me. But I mean, I know for myself what I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 No, no, that's good. I, it makes me think I, uh, I've started uh, doing uh, audio feedback on papers for students. Um, I don't I know if that, if I did you, that in your class, you did, you did, you did. Oh, I did. Okay. So I think it was maybe right when you were, um, you were in, in school at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I just started it because of that same sort of deal. I could, I found that if I wrote, I could say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the students were reading it, I think they heard their own voice in, in it. And so the, the critique was far more harsh. The praise was far greater that, you know, um, and it, and it, I think it, it personalized, it does, it break down, it breaks down walls in some interesting ways. Sim- the simple fact of hearing the voice, um, even if it's exact same words. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about, uh, your own story and, and, and who you are. So you hear, you know, again, we're, we're in a, a small community here at the time, um, when it comes up, but then you hear like, ah, oh, this crazy guy wants to talk about marriage. And I mean, it, it, you know, we knew each other beforehand. I mean, it's not like we were strangers, but, um, what, <laughs> what about this conversation made you go? Yeah. I want to be involved in that. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like for me, like relationships have always been this interesting, weird, like dance of the sorts um because i mean it's just always been hard for me to like date and always been hard for me to like find connections that like really like mean something and um when i when i heard you like bring this up i'm like well i am single i've been single for a while and for me like the singleness I need to like figure out what this is. I need to figure out what guys like trying to tell me or like trying to say to me. Because hmm. I feel for, like so like we have this like thing in our minds that like you know we want to be loved so much that we end up like settling sometimes or we end up like you know like doing this weird thing to 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 be liked or to be loved. And that hmm. was like that has been my battle like forever. Still my battle now. Like trying to like find something that necessarily i necessarily can't get from other people but i need to like get from god first Mm -hmm. and from myself and i mean i feel like i've grown Mm -hmm. in that regard but it's still a struggle you know what i'm saying it's still like this thing that um this thing that just like kind of like looms over me so like when when you brought this Mm -hmm. up i'm like well yeah this is a thing in the church like whether or not you're like straight queer or whatever like the 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 concept of getting married or having a significant other is such a thing. And if you don't have it, then there's something wrong with it. You know what I'm saying? So. 
Is that how you describe? Like, if you if you said, "Here's the story about marriage and singleness that you received uh, in the church," is that how you would say that's the basic message you got? Not necessarily like like my church, but um, yeah. uh, school. Like going going to school hmm. and yeah. uh, to a Christian school um, in college and undergrad, like. That was the thing. Like you went to school, you get mm-hmm. married. Like I, I, once you leave out of yeah. school, like that was the whole thing. Some people like got married like their sophomore year and like were married <laughs> to the end of you know and still are married or like after um right after college. Like you meet somebody in college and you're married like the year a year later. Like that was like the 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 culture. And like looking around, mm-hmm. it's like well, I mean yeah, that sounds nice and like it's kind of like this pressure like. I need to find somebody because they're getting married. Clearly they have a connection or clearly this is like sent from God or whatever and all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But like, then like some of them like end up getting divorced. So just like, well, that Mm -hmm. was quick. Like, you know, um, but I feel like that is like the narrative, you know, um, to, to um, get married, to procreate in some sorts of the response, which I have like a story about that because, um, my campus pat well, there used to be a campus pastor at North Park University where I went to undergrad. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard this story, but she um, is a part of the Evangelical Covenant Church, and she mm-hmm. married um, um, she married two men um, that um, went to school. One went to school and worked at North Park, and they asked her to um, to marry them, and she did because I mean that's what she did. Oh, she okay. You had me confused oh, for a second. She <laughs> she officiated yes, the wedding for yes, two men. Sorry. <laughs> for a second, I thought you said she married two men. I'm like, wait, at the same time, or did she? <laughs> All right, this makes way more sense. She officiated to me now. the wedding. Okay, Let okay, me okay. use these terms. She officiated the wedding. Okay, she good, good, good. The, yeah, the wedding okay. of, of these of these men, and um, she ends up getting let go from the school and suspended from the covenant. Right. So yeah. um, she got a group of us together that she knew, um, and we went. And hung out for a week or weekend to like kind of just like think about what was going on and think about where the church is headed and for them where the evangelical covenant was headed. Um, yeah. And it was interesting because she brought up a point about um, about how procreation or the the call or the charge to procreate changed through, through the Bible hmm. um, when um. She talked about, and I might butcher this, but she talked about um, Adam and Eve, them getting together, and then the charge was to be fruitful and multiply. And um, mm-hmm. it went down to like Abraham and all of them, and all of them, like and they had babies and things like that. She said there was like a point where there was like the last call about procreating in that capacity because some of the women were barren. And she likened this to her because mm-hmm. she has had miscarriages and she hasn't been able to have a baby. So what does that mean for a married woman that can't procreate in that capacity? What do you do? So the charge became about more um, making fishers of men and being a part of this this bigger family that, that God is talking about. It became more about making disciples rather than um, having babies because that's how you did. Like you had a, you had your, um, your legacy that you were making. So they, that was important because you had to continue to create this legacy in the beginning to have children. But now it's like making the family of God bigger and to be able to make the kingdom bigger. 
So it's like now when we look at like gay couples and things like that, it, it's different. Like it's different about, you know, people adopting children. Like what do you do about the, it became about the widow. Mm-hmm. It became about the orphan. That's what the call was that yeah. it's flipped from having children and birthing children to what about the widow? What about the orphan? And I just think about that in mm-hmm. that capacity for me. And it makes sense, like it's just, it makes more sense to me about like my life. Like I do want to have kids. I mean, that's something that I want to do. I want to like, actually like carry kids and birth kids um mm-hmm. but it might look different than you know what the like the quote-unquote nuclear family looks like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. um yeah and if you go back to the to the to, to the uh, old testament patriarchs and stuff where they were being charged you know to have kids it didn't look so nuclear those families right <laughs> they you know so uh if we if we use those as the model they're they're, they're pretty uh uh, exploratory, if you will. <laughs> okay. If we look at some of the stuff that went on in the Old Testament, uh, we'd be like, and try to apply that to now, like, yeah. we'd be like, well, that is not right. Um, so do you, the other, one of the other sort of, um, not reasons that I wrote this book, but really the conversations that drove why I ended up writing and thinking about it um, was because my sense was for LBGTQIA Christians they faced the same, but obviously different, but the same kind of pressure towards marriage and sexuality that um, that uh, straight mm-hmm. Christians did. Uh, and it was, you know, j- just as pronounced, but then on top of it, you know, there's all the other sort of judgments and, and, and uh, prejudices and things that the church often um, lumps onto you. But um, and so I, as I was watching this, I was like, that's that's like an added burden um, if you know, you're you're dealing with just just um, what it means to be gay in the modern world. Period is its own sort of struggle, but then to add to that the pressure of getting married, <laughs> um, is that? It, it, am I right in seeing that? Does that feel um, the same? You think as yeah, uh, straight single people, or or is that different qualitatively? No, it's the same because it's like just because like the fact just because we're gay doesn't take away like the same issues that people go through you know what i'm saying like yeah it's still like the idea is still to get married to have a family to have yeah. kids like is it, that, that that doesn't disappear it's the same wants it's the same desires that um it would be for like you know just like straight people like it's like the same pressure like whether or not it's the same pressure from your family is a different story but it's the same pressure that mm. that um that as a human being, as a person in America, sure. as a person in society, as a person, um, Christian or whatever, like, you know, um, it's the same pressure. Cause you, you see around you, people get married and they have kids and they have a family. Um, yeah. so like, of course th- those are the same wants and desires because they've been ingrained in us forever. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. see, um, our, a, a relationship that I would have or a marriage that I would have as correct or right that doesn't negate the fact that I still have those desires and wants. You know? mm-hmm. So how would you describe right now, like where you're at in terms of like your, your calling, right? Are you, <laughs> cause some of the stuff that we talk about in the book is, um, you know, there are some people who are called to a, a life of singleness. Um, and, uh, you know, Joshua Beckett, who's another person that was in our, our group, um, who feels called to singleness, right. In his life. Um, some of the others, I think, would describe that as well uh, in our um, our little 
think tank or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then others have sensed a call to marriage. Um, do you, are, are you right now like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm called to marriage at some point, whenever that is, um, where are you at right now personally? Um, well, can I, can I make a comment about that a little bit? Sure. Or, or yeah, it, that could be wrong yeah, too. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, so <clears throat> I don't necessarily, when I, when I hear that call to marriage or call to singleness, I find it kind of yeah. problematic in some aspects. Now, whether or not, I don't necessarily think God calls us to those things per se, but we might yeah. not be able to function in the capacity that God wants us to, or be able to fulfill what we need to do that we are called to if we're married or if we're single. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. whatever God is calling is on your life that you need to accomplish, you might not be able to have a significant other or a marriage because you might be moving around mm -hmm. doing so many things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. it might be better for you to be married based on, I don't know, whatever it is that your calling may be, but I don't necessarily think God sure. calls us to not have someone mm -hmm. as a, by our side. I mean, um, I just feel like, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think about Adam and Eve. I don't think I, it's like, whether or not like male, female, female, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm talking about God said to Adam, you weren't meant, you weren't meant to be alone. Like, I, I feel like that is, yep. um, that is like legit. Like we weren't called to be by ourselves, mm -hmm. which is why there was another, if if not, yeah. Adam would have been by himself. You know what I'm saying? He would have perfectly content. You know, yeah. And then God probably would have made something about like, you know, him taking off of hand or something. And then like another person <laughs> growing out, like you never know, like who knows how we would have, you know, been created if, if that was the calling on our lives, yeah. but we're meant to be with people, whether or not mm -hmm. it's uh, platonic, whether or not it's uh, amorous, um, all those things that we're called to be with someone. I don't think we're called to be single. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up two really good points. One being, um, and this, I think this is where, uh, you know, I, I try to extend, you know, again, I can only write from like my story. Right. Right. Um, and, and, but then I try to say, okay, how would this, how does this work for other people who aren't like me? Right. And that basically is everybody <laughs> other than me. Um, and, but, but surely there's some parallels. And one thing is, I think exactly what you're saying that we have, when it comes to calling or who God's made us to be, there are these sort of, uh, core or more fundamental callings of which marriage or single, and, and maybe even the marriage for a season. I mean, like if your spouse mm -hmm. dies or something like, then you're not married again, you know, the, the, it's not like it's some permanent state. So it has to be in a sense, um, a, a part of, or one step, um, or piece of a much more fundamental and prior calling. And back to your point about the, uh, um, some of the old Testament patriarchs and, and everything. I mean, this was God saying, I'm going to bless this nation. And that's why babies were important. Mm -hmm. Um, but the marriages that were arranged weren't because God was calling the patriarchs to marriage. Um, it was because marriage was the way for them to, uh, fulfill their prior calling, which was to, uh, populate this generation of people that yes. were going to bless the world. Right. Yeah. Um, now it doesn't mean that marriage was bad. It doesn't mean that right. they like, were like, eh, I guess so. <laughs> but, um, it does mean that it was not the, the ultimate calling for these people. Yes. Then you're also saying, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it also sounds like you're saying, um, that singleness itself, the idea is a flawed concept in the modern world because whatever we're called to be or do, it certainly isn't singleness, meaning, I'm 
an isolated individual. Yeah. Um, that that we're all meant, designed, in fact, to be in community, yes. um, some kind of community, some kind of intimate relationships. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of less than human if we don't have that. And part of the challenge is, <laughs> does that always look like one person married to another person? Right. Or is it, are there other sort of ways to relate that allow you to be a full human person in an intimate relationship that may not be so uh, tied to, to marriage necessarily? Is that kind of an accurate way of what you're, what you're saying? It's very accurate. Okay. And a good example of it is, is Paul. You know, yeah, like yeah. if Paul was married, his wife would be upset with him. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. did, he didn't stay, he didn't stay in, mm-hmm. in, in one place. Mm-hmm. And say he was in a relationship, like, like he wouldn't be, want her to like or her to travel around. You know what I'm saying with him? Because yeah. he he'll be distracted. I guess it's it's just like a lot of different things that like that that are a factor. And I feel like people take that Paul, you know, and be like, well, that's he was called to singleness. No, Paul was called to be an apostle, which means that he had to move <laughs> around. That was mm-hmm. his calling, and his mm-hmm. calling didn't make room for him to be with someone. Mm-hmm. Just, I think that's just okay. So that that's my point. So what, what, what were we talking? What were we talking about? That, that's exactly it. I was just saying what wow. kind of where. So the the better question then is, um, <clears throat> what do you feel called to do right now? Who 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 is day? Who is day? Um, I feel like uh, at this point in my life, and which I don't, I I haven't been listening very <laughs> very well to the Holy Spirit or my inner voice or God or whatever you want to call it, because my desire still is to, like, be in a relationship. And that, like I told you before, that's, like, been a battle. So, like, um, rather than just being and allowing that to happen, like, I don't know why I feel validated by another being or, like, Mm -hmm. I am whole if I have someone or am in a relationship or intimacy in that capacity, which I've learned over the years that, you know, that I am loved, so that doesn't just because I'm not with somebody doesn't mean that I'm not loved, or you know, or there's different types of love that could be fulfilling rather than that um, mm-hmm. eros in, in, in that aspect. But that I've had many intimate relationships with people that are not, um, you know, um, relationship oriented. Um, so hmm. um, <clears throat> I feel like at this moment, God is calling me to focus. Um, which is still hard because the battle within is to be with someone. And that's kind of been like the thing that kind of takes up my thoughts in some aspects. Um, But I feel like right now God is calling me to create. And that's like what I've been trying to do in every capacity. So I've been like um, doing a lot of like art uh, with my hands. I've, um, that's kind of what, what I've been doing lately. I haven't been writing as much. Um, and that'll come in September, I'm sure. But I haven't been writing as much. I've yeah. been kind of like painting a little bit. and Oh, painting, yeah. really? Huh. What um, kind? Kind of abstract. I've been using um, acrylic paint markers. Um, huh. And it's been a lot, of, like, a lot of shapes, like triangles and like patterns in that, in that regard. Huh. Which has been kind of cool because... Um, it's kind of like cathartic because I just sit around and doodle and like, just like do other stuff or like listen to podcasts and things like that. Um, And I've also um, 
been working I've been working on a podcast and like I don't know why it's taking me so long to like get it to get get it together but um <laughs> uh, I've been working on that but I feel like God is just calling me to just be right now I uh yeah I feel like I've come to find out that I have an issue with control in some aspects of trying to control my life, not control other people, but like control what's yeah. happening or to, to write my own story when that that's not necessarily, I don't necessarily feel like I'm supposed to write my own story in that regard. It's like, is in using my pen and is in using my control, but um, to write my own story by just being, and then like things that happen get added onto my story rather than me controlling things. But like, I guess everybody else has a pen rather than I do. <laughs> well, you should not be too hard on yourself because you're human. Yeah, <laughs> so, so that's why you you long for uh, connection and intimacy. And and you know, I probably one thing that um, probably all of us have in common. Again, this is generalization, I, and I, so I could be wrong. But um, I I think you're right in terms of like control. For me, it's um, it's not just a control. Like I do want to control things, but I think at the end of the day, what, no matter how it is that I, I guess I would call it like how I medicate myself through various mm-hmm. things, you know, that I go, I really want this thing and it's not bad in itself. Right. But I, I tend to go to it. Um, I think as I'm, as I keep reflecting on it more and more is because I don't actually believe that Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I'm like, I don't think I, I don't know if I actually believe that that God will ultimately fulfill me. Um, and so I, you know, I, even saying that sounds horrible. I'm a theology right. professor. Right. But but, you know, when I'm being honest, that that's some I think that's why I I behave often with various things. And and there's relationships in my life that are that are like that. And I would even include at times my my own marriage. Like I I depend upon my marriage to fulfill me in ways that I probably yeah. shouldn't. Right. Uh, and so I, I, you know, just hearing you say that, um, reminds me that it, it's, it's just the core human dilemma, right. That we, we have those, those aches, those longings. Um, and if we're Christians, then I supposedly we say that we would find f- the fulfillment of those longings in the presence of God. And man, if I'm being honest, I don't, I, it's hard, it's hard for me to say that my life demonstrates that I really do believe that. Um, and that's a, man, that's a tough thing to, I think, admit. So thank you for revealing yeah. that to me in your own, in your own story there. Um, that's, I feel like that's, uh, subconsciously my dilemma, honestly. I mean, I mean, I said it, but like, I like huh. actually verbalizing it and actually like naming it, like that is it. Cause it's this, I, it's so crazy because when you don't have something tangible and then we're, we're holding on to Jesus and God, which are tangible, but not tangible as in I can touch it mm-hmm. or I can um, yeah. feel fulfilled by like touch, like touching it or like, you know, I feel like if Jesus could hug me like every day, I'd be straight. I gotta be good. Like, I'd, just, <laughs> I'd be like, Hey, Jesus, let me get that hug real quick. And then I'd be, I'd be good for my day. But like, uh... it's so hard when you don't have something that you can actually grasp yeah. and know you know that mm-hmm. yeah it's really gonna be okay like if we had four if we were able to like see the mm-hmm. future like man we'd probably be scared like so i just feel like it's it's okay that i can't see 
what all that God has for me right now, but I know that there's something better than this because I know that God does, God um, wants me to be well and wants me to be. Hmm. So now we've talked a little bit about um, kind of what you've inherited, sort of the, the, the past, um, where, where you've come from. Um, but now let's think about where we go from here. And if you were going to say, here's the story I want to tell about marriage and singleness, specifically in the Christian community. Um, we, I don't even, it's, it just gets too complicated as soon as you <laughs> move out right. outside of that. But specifically for like your, your fellow uh, brother and sister in Christ, what would the story you want to tell, what would that look like um, about us as a church and how we talk about marriage yeah. and singleness? Um, I feel as though that we should probably like get to know ourselves a little bit better. So I don't think necessarily... Hmm. We know ourselves, especially when it comes to like uh, singleness and people that are not in relationships or and things like that. Because I know for me, um, I feel like I'm still getting getting to know me and getting to know like exactly like what hmm. I need or what I deserve. Um, so I feel like instead of like focusing on trying to be in a relationship to get to know yourselves through like just the relationships around you that you have with people. Um, and I don't necessarily think that I feel like our um, our narrative should change in the aspect as far as Christians uh, about marriage hmm. and about um, and about like yeah marriage and like this idea of having a family because things have changed you know what I'm saying the the, the story has changed the Christian mm-hmm. narrative has changed you have not just and it's been like this forever we don't just have one certain type of Christian you know what I'm saying we have multiple people and our Christianity changes based on who you are and who, um, yeah, who you are as a person. So I just feel like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like instead of worrying about like who you are to be, kind of get to know yourself and get to know the others around you and then all the other stuff will possibly like fall. Hmm. Kind of hard to love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't know yourself, (laughs) Thanks again to my special guest, Day Salah Thompson. Follow her on social media at Day Salah Thompson or check out her new podcast, Touch. And as always, thanks to Day Salah Thompson for providing us with these sweet musical styles.